Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go. Town, how are we feeling today? It's your boy PD here, a.k.a. Producer Dave, here with Kyle, Paul, and Alki. As you can probably already guess by the episode title, we are continuing our coverage of the Better Squid Game series, Alice in Borderlands, <laughs> with episodes five and six. These were definitely two of the longer episodes this season. We got a nice blend of physical and mental action, as well as some uh, interesting backstories on some of our favorite characters. We have a lot to unpack, but let's kick it off as usual with the group's general thoughts on these two episodes. Stories on backstories on backstories. I love it. It's like it. First of all, might as well just get this out of the way. Out of all those backstories, they all fit sort of into our theory that we've been going around that like these people uh, are, you know, not contributing to society, maybe not the best people in the world. So that seems to be holding up still. So uh, less eh, less so with Chis- yeah. less less so with Chisia, I feel like. Who's basically taking bribes and like yeah, killing he, other little kids. He was, but physically I or like I feel like he's still it's not like he wanted to be doing that. It's not like he genuinely was a bad person accepting those bribes. Was, like, was that bribes? Is that what that was? I don't think it, I don't know if it was bribes, but I just assumed that it was just him getting handed. Uh, yeah, it was people that were just looking the important. other way. Yeah, part, part of the machine. Whatever. I you can, can we can argue this all day, and this cannot be a thing. I but can see the would... argument that uh, he's like not conforming to the society around him, which would still fit in. Which is trying to just put the VIPs in front of the donor lines. Anyway, anyway, this episodes, these two episodes were fantastic. They were crazy long, both over an hour. Mm-hmm. That was nuts, but, but they were definitely really good. Got a little bit of everybody. I love how we don't always have to focus on a reason. Now we can go out on different storylines mm-hmm. and watch them play the games. It's sick. Um, everybody got a time in the spotlight, and I am so excited for the end of the season. I completely agree with you, Paul. I'm depressed. In the, in the, well, yeah, I'm depressed and excited, but I agree with you, Paul, in the sense that it's just great seeing games get completed by people that aren't the main like that isn't the main character, Adisu. Like just seeing Shishia and Kuina doing their own thing, like it's just great to see. Even Randos. I mean, the Jack mm-hmm. of Spades, or no, that was Kuina. Um, some Queen, Queen, Queen of, of Diamonds. Something. Queen yeah. of Diamonds fell. That was in the Adisu part. Yeah. I was waiting for somebody else to do some of the work, and yeah, at least they got one. Yeah, it makes sense that our main protagonist wouldn't have to beat all twelve games by themselves. Yeah, these were good. I mean, it was a lot of content, like we've said, but we got we dipped our toes in kind of everyone. I love that we're getting like consistent and it's probably not a, enough for me personally, mm-hmm. but 
I'm sure it will increase in the future, or at the very least, she'll bring whatever knowledge she learns back, and it'll it'll play a bigger part. But I just like to the fact that we're just getting her exploring a little bit, uh, which is really cool. There was some nice, maybe not like confirmation for me, but some things that I've talked about theory wise in season one came a little bit true. This one. Which was nice uh, with number two and the AKA the King of Diamonds. Number so that, two. That was that was really cool to see. That was a good game. That was just interesting television. Honestly, I, I feel like um, episode six. Episode six was the longest, but it didn't like feel like it was the longest. I thought it was just like I. I kind of feel like I just crushed it when I watched it, which was nice. It's because it's Shashia. It's all Shashia. Whenever he's on the screen, those those minutes fly. Yeah, I enjoyed all the episodes, both episodes. I thought the first, uh, what, the fifth one? Mm-hmm. Episode five was like jam-packed. So much shit went on, and I was it was very entertaining. Um, with the tail end of it, of the, the game with the queen of, it was what? Queen of? Uh, spades. Spades. Queen of Spades. She was cool. Um, she was badass and a bitch. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> and then I... Um, I enjoyed the game with Chishia. It was a mind-boggling game, uh, strategic. The math aspect was interesting. Admittedly, as an engineer, I'm embarrassed to admit that it kind of went over my head a little bit. I had to think about it a little bit, but the logic of it started to make sense uh, as they were going through it, and it was just, it was very unique. It was a unique game. Um, when you bring up something like that too, with when we're watching it as viewers and we don't understand the game in the moment, and we have to like watch people participate to finally get a full understanding of how the game is played, it just kind of shows that if we were thrown into these games, we'd be so fucked. Like if we just had one time read aloud of what the the rules were, I I would be so screwed. Honestly. Oh yeah. Easily be blood alive. Yeah, like those rules. I was re- I was trying to keep up with the King of Diamonds. Granted, I'm not the smartest person, but still, like it was so hard understanding what the objective was and like just trying to understand how the best way to approach it is. So these, you're right, Alc. Definitely some tough games for sure. I got it. I knew it right away. Yeah, I, I didn't bet. miss once. I guess the exact number every single time. I yeah. bet. Of course, Paul's also an engineer. So, any other thoughts from you, Alki, or anyone else before we kick this off? I'll take silences and no. So we open up with Adisu and Agni just kind of uh, picking up exactly where we left off in episode four. They just kind of have a quick conversation about the purpose of what their lives are. Essentially, Adisu comes to the conclusion that he doesn't need a reason to live since humans just naturally want to live. And Agni seem kind of envious, honestly, that Adisu has the will to want to live because I don't know if it's here. It's definitely later on when we see the flashes of the Hatter who's kind of tormenting him for all of his sins. Um, so Agony clearly is leaning more of not wanting to live side, whereas Adisu just he doesn't even need a reason to live anymore. He's just he just wants to live. That's just human enough for him. And then here we also get a little bit of backstory on that new character uh, from the last episode. Her name is Akane, which I'm definitely going to be saying Akame a lot, I feel like. But uh, we get a little bit backstory on her. Uh, essentially, her and her friends are total bitches in uh, the real world. And she's girls yeah they're mean girls pretty much and she's talking about how she's just bragging about how she's a homewrecker with her friends hey dude he came on to her (laughs) oh yeah sorry sorry he came on to her so he's a douche but she's also a bitch for encouraging it but all of a sudden we get the fireworks which imply that she just immediately gets transported to borderland but my big question here was like 
I, when I rewatched it, there were like 50 people that turned around to look at those fireworks. Like, did all 50 of those people get transported then? Or would, do you think it was like just her? Do you think it was the group of friends too? Because I was totally expecting to see the friends in the game with her, but they obviously weren't there. So I'm not sure if you guys picked up on that or have any thoughts on that. I honestly was a little thrown off when everybody turned and looked. Yeah, it would have been. We only saw Chota and like Karube and Arisu going up and looking. So I don't know what that means. It would have been also like we've like we've only seen the big three, our main three originally transfer over, I guess, for lack of a better term. And they were like in a secluded dark place alone. Right. Like, I don't I feel like it would be shocking if they just got transported on the sidewalk or in the middle of the crosswalk like that. Because, like, again, going back to the conversation we had last episode, what happens in the quote unquote real world or the world that they came from when Mm -hmm. they disappear and come to borderland like did they just pop out of existence in their world like or did it was it a delay like they went home and then they once they got into bed they were gone like it's just, there it's was weird. there was like a couple minutes like they see the fireworks and then they go in the bathroom and then you see the flashing of the lights and then they're yeah. in borderland which so i guess there's a couple minutes so maybe like all those people the 50 people that turn around like dispersed and then when they were secluded got transported or something maybe it's impossible to guess, but I just thought if you guys had any comments on like the fact that fifty people literally turned around and all looked at them. Well, in in the in the first episode, like the fireworks happened, and that was when they were still running away. So, gotta assume that it didn't happen immediately. Like she probably yeah. like went into like turned down her little street on her way home in like some little alley. Some... Next thing she know, you know, she like woke up and. House in, in Borderland. I'm a, I don't know. I'm just, it's a it's a guess. Yeah, but that doesn't guess. mean that the rest of those fifty people didn't also have a similar experience. They just didn't teleport in the same location. Maybe it's uh, aliens. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Aliens man. abducting. Them. I mean, it's not out of the question. I really want to know. And this is jumping ahead, not necessarily with the episodes, but like how many seasons are they going to do because the the um the the manga is only like 70 or so chapters right and episode five jumped through like three or four games in the background we saw some things happen like i wonder in the manga did they explore those games where they played out the way that we saw like chishia's games being played out probably not you know it's only 74 episodes i'm just i'm really curious like how far we are right now i'm not gonna look it up because then i'm gonna get it all fucking spoiled yeah, yeah but, uh, you i did, really they did that last episode shut up actually nothing really got nothing got spoiled but like I just, you know, you get so, it's so dangerous. So we see Akane barely survive the escape game. Oh, and by the way, for everyone listening, I should have mentioned this before getting into it, but we're going to kind of break this episode into just character buckets. We're just going to cover kind of the Akane backstory into the Arisu Agune and Akane versus King of Spades. Then we'll cover everyone else like uh, Usagi and, and maybe not in that particular order. We'll, we'll see where it goes from here, but we'll just continue on with the Akane backstory. And so we see that, uh, she is the only survivor of her game. She barely escapes this, um, well, the game is called Escape. Yeah. Like how would, how would Adisu even be able to, like me and Aoki were talking. There's no strategy involved. The moment you read Escape, your mind just has to know to run. And that even then you're still kind of fucked. Like I, so I really ridiculous. had no idea. And the game was like boiling water. Dead. Oh, like, yeah. It was yeah. like, oh, the Geysers. worst type of way to go. So yeah. it was insane. It was Imagine that being She's your first game. That being that that's your first game. Like 
Like, how would Ari Sue even in that moment? Like, how would mental skills help you at all? I mean, she barely made it. She lost her fucking leg. Yeah. So, I mean, mental to like make herself crawl out of that thing. I mean, Jesus Christ. Honestly, this backstory made me like her a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. Yeah, I think she's pretty cool too. I like how we get her. Like at first, I was like, when we see her talking with her friends, I'm like, okay, this girl, I clearly dislike her. But then the way the game turns out, and just from her experiences, she does change, and definitely for the better. But so she beats the game. The and, world does. This world is to make people better. <laughs> yeah, that's all. That's it's like for. mastermind evil line thing. Yeah, but so she crawls out of the game. Just um, her her leg is completely destroyed from a piece of rebar that got that it got caught on and then so she crawls her way to uh i guess like a pharmacy where she meets a doctor who agrees to cut her leg off but in exchange for sex which was fucking i mean this was so mentally fucked up but yeah I mean, it's crazy she's a beast seem- though yeah she's like she's you want money and he's like money what is money gonna do for me here and i was like whoa this yeah. guy's a freak and she's a child she's a survivor man yeah. yeah. Well, you guys like I don't know. I mean, it's just this world is just gruesome and distorted and that was yeah. a very good example of it. Do you think he took care of the leg first and then banged or banged first and then took care of the leg? I think he probably banged first. I would hope With he took care of the leg. The gangrene leg right up above his shoulders. So after we get the backstory of Akane, uh, we get our group again, Adisu, Agune, and Akane coming up with a plan to take down the King of Spades. They determine the best way to do that would be by leading him to a cliff. I guess that just gives him less options to escape from. And if uh, they need to, like he would, he just wouldn't have a way to get out of uh, whatever pickle they put him in. Um, so night falls upon the crew. And of course, Adisu is the juicy bait, which he should have just known immediately that he was going to be. But the King of Spades does take the bait. He shows up. And we get into a little brouhaha here. And the only complaint I'm going to have here is obviously the King of Spades should have just mowed down Adisu like way earlier than he should have. Like there were so many, sh- like when we're seeing him with the night vision, I'm just thinking, all right, you going to shoot him? Are you going to shoot him? And he just doesn't. He gets, he waits till he gets the really close shot. And then that's when Agane pulls out his gun and saves Adisu. Yeah. I mean, the trap wire kind of worked a little bit. In that sense, it, it, honestly, this this whole scene reminded me of watching the original Predator movie with Arnold. <laughs> so I, I liked it a lot. This made me personally get more fearful of the King of Spades. Honestly, now that we see him not just like mowing down innocent civilians in like an open setting, and we actually see some of the combat skills of the King of Spades, now I'm kind of a little bit more amped to see him in the final showdown of whenever that is. But I think this was a good hype up to introduce and pile on the the abilities of the king of spades yeah i uh, agony called him a mercenary mm-hmm. i almost had the opposite reaction i really? kind of i think agony's like attitude towards it like dude he's just a man like we can easily take down a man like it's so cool and yeah ha- they honestly first of all tricked the king of spades and actually got him in a vulnerable position but of course he like snuck out of it and escaped but i loved how agony just takes charge and is like we're we're just gonna we're gonna be smarter than him and out muscle him and it's just I love him so much. I am so happy that he's back. I agree with you, Paul. He has experience. He has you know, he's an ex police officer. He probably has some sort of combat experience in some capacity. Like he's trained for these types of situations. Like he knows how to go on a manhunt and he showed his skills very well. Yeah. I'm glad it didn't work out though. 
Yeah, it was too easy because we were watching it and we were like, there's no way. Like, this is so easy if they just get him right now. It's like such a big obstacle. Yeah, I was it was definitely too easy from from at least watching his perspective. But I did love Odyssey when he first fires the shotgun and he just gets completely thrown back by it because he just obviously Odyssey's never handled a a gun of that caliber at all. And yeah, Paul, uh, what do you think of that technique? I felt so unsafe for Agony and Agane <laughs> just being anywhere near Arizo with that thing. Elbows up, baby. Yeah, his elbow was literally yeah, pointing to the so sky bad. somehow. I know. <laughs> and of course, he's making that like crazy face when he hears rustling. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's perfect because obviously he's never touched it in real life. Like he plays all these games, all these guns, all these warfare games. But like when it comes to real life, he's like, holy fuck, how do you handle this thing? Speaking yeah, he wouldn't someone, make uh, one day in the rough grouse society. Nah, nah, not one day. Speaking as someone who's recently fired a weapon and like a high caliber shotgun, strong gauge, well, dude, well. they're freaking, they're freaking powerful. Like I could, I don't know what gauge that was, but it could happen to any of us. It happened. It literally happened to me like four weeks ago. And he's just, and Odyssey's like a skinnier guy, so yeah. that thing definitely fucked him up for sure. But overall. Pretty cool showdown, I think. Like again, just emphasizing the King of Spades' abilities to just be a mercenary, just get out of those those tight situations in himself. We do see Adisu falls from the cliff really quick, and here, pretty much Agony, uh, the the plan fails, and we're just going to continue on with Adisu just wandering around. Is this me and Alki are always asking this? Are we still in Tokyo? Like, do I call this yeah, Tokyo? It seems like. I mean, they have That's like a think. map of Tokyo that they're using with their compass, is what it seemed like to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. and they're saying we should be right above this old train station. I yeah, think. I was but thinking, yeah, so that it far was out. Like, it's so it far out that the, the nature. Thing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I, one thing I too I want to mention before we get away from the whole King of Spades thing is that it really shows how much uh, Akane cares about Agony. Hmm. I mean, she literally puts her life on the line for him. She like protects him essentially at the end there. So. I thought that was nice to see too. It just, adds, awesome. just adds more dimension to her character because we just see her like fucking dicking around, like she's trying to bang Arisu. And I then, know like, it was awesome. And she's then, like, "Yeah, hey, you're nice enough." Yeah, and then and then Agony comes up and she like is like afraid, like her dad's gonna yell at her almost. She's like, "Sorry, funny. you said no before, yeah. so don't be mad at me." And he's like, "Dude, I don't give a shit." I can, and I love how literally right then he's like talking about how they're gonna take him down. He's only a man. Throws the shotgun to Ariso, he walks away, and she's like, Oh my god, he's so cool. <laughs> it's just it's so funny because we're all thinking it. Oh, I was thinking the same thing in that moment. I was like, Yeah, he definitely is a badass. He it reminds me the relationship reminds me of uh in Vagabond, the guy with the ball and sickle and the girl that he trains and raises. It just reminded me of that a little bit. Yeah, definitely some similarities there. Um but yeah, Arisu is just pretty much making his way around Tokyo. He is getting to more uh, vegetative areas for sure. Um, and we do see him pull up to the end of a Queen of Diamonds game that got beaten by a bunch of random people. And to be honest, there was a lot of people walking out of that game alive. Like fucked her up. Like twenty to fifty people walking out of there. Yeah, I wonder how many people had to participate in that game in the first place. But they do beat it, which I think at when we watch that blimp go down, that is the third or fourth game, I believe. So Chishia, Adisu, this one. And then there was one other random one, I think, that gets beat. Or is this the one that I'm thinking of? This might be the one you're thinking of. Okay. So we do we are we at three then still? Either way, Queena so. 
is also taking down one of the the cards at the same time so that would make it five i believe that was the jack of uh spades yeah, jack of spades she just it looked like the game was literally kuina kicked the shit out of everyone yeah, <laughs> yeah it was just a, <laughs> a, a like what it was like free was. for all last one standing wins or something crazy yeah literally and they all just teamed up on her it looks like and she just kicked the shit out of all of them she yeah. was like see these lanky arms are easier to whip around and fucking she's slap you in the dick man and that fucking she's bikini awesome. top and jeans she's just kicking and everyone sticks in it was great Live love. and she's She's in the bathroom later, like cleaning herself up. She's like, damn, man, space cars are the real deal. But yeah, I'm not going to fucking lose. And I'm like, oh, God, you're so cool. You're <laughs> damn right. Queen is not losing to any of them. And then lastly, for this set of characters, like I had said earlier, we do see Agony having he sees visions of the Hatter who is pretty much telling him that he's worthless and that he doesn't like what are you looking for like a um a hero's death kind of thing um which at first i was really hyped to see the hatter and then i kind of realized okay this isn't like actually the hatter this is just clearly agony's dark side just kind of giving him some shit for what he's done for the witch hunt game we do see some flashbacks of there and just get reminded of that agony did feel some emotions in that moment even though he was ruthless and killing all those people like he was feeling uh terrible about himself and that continues to haunt him now so if we have no more comments on any of those characters, we'll continue with Usagi next. So Usagi had gotten separated from Arisu at the end of last episode from the King of Spades. And she makes her way to a similar town that to which Arisu is in with a lot of vegetation and everything. And she finds her way into a house looking for food. But she's surprised to see that two others have already beat her there. One is a girl. The other is a kid, which made me immediately think how long has this kid been here and based on the conversations that usagi and the girl were having it didn't seem like that long like he might have been teleported like maybe right before the witch hunt game i this is me just speculating but do you guys have any ideas like he clearly didn't like clearly the the spades game that he played was had to have been the first one i guess right i don't know that's a good uh, yeah I mean, they said he, she said he only has a couple days left on his visa to Usagi. So I don't know if you played a game before, but this is definitely where the theory of not contributing to society or doesn't conform kind of yeah. hits his feeling. Cause like, yes. why the fuck is a kid being brought into here? Yes. My initial thought was like, okay, maybe the kid was like born here. It could have been, it could have been the same thing as we were talking in the last episode where. Paul, I think it was you saying like Chota should have been the one teleported, but because Kadube and Adisu were with him, he also got teleported. And so maybe it was one of those situations where the parents were supposed to come, but mm. then the kid was with them. And so they, he, collateral damage. Yeah. I, got I, love, you. I love the hater level of that Chota theory. It's great. <laughs> it's so good. I mean, it wasn't I, clear though if the parents died in the game or before. It, I think I, it sounded like it was in the game. It sounded like it was in the game too. That's right, why so you assume that they protected him and helped him win some visas. That's all. Yeah, okay, that, I guess, that was okay, that was yeah. the assumption that I was rolling. Yeah. With. Either way, the kid was either in his first or second game. To me, there was like no way he had been around more than that. There's just I just think he he yeah, wouldn't this, be alive yeah, if that was. It would the be case. very hard for him yeah. to survive that long. Um. So then we got a quick flashback to Usagi's dad, who is talking hypotheticals if he were to ever disappear weird that he would bring that up if he were to ever disappear he would want usagi to live a full life sketchy i don't know I'm, i don't know though because he like he's like climbed mount everest before like I, when you climb mountains like that like you are accepting that every time you go out like you could die so yeah, when he said it at first it was like okay that's really sketchy but then he did continue to elaborate like 
look, I love living in the mountains and like being in the yeah. mountains. If I, if they take my life, like that's how I want to go. So he did make it a little bit better by the end. But at first I was like, theories, theories. Yeah. It did seem like an odd, like what was really the point of it so much? Like, I guess she was, was she seeing like herself a little bit in the kid because of her dad? Probably. Yeah. And I think they had the whole, uh, emotional connection where even if we do win and go home it's not gonna be the same world okay fair so i think that's what she was like i can't leave him behind also i think it was one of the uh turning points in usagi's um and her reverting back to like having the drive to survive oh yeah this because the conversation was like you know i want you to live a full life and you know she probably hasn't felt that she wants to or needs to in a long time and the kid brought that out of her she had that flashback and then she decided to fight for him in the game and if you think about it too like even though arsu has clearly been a, an important person to her she i guess over time has learned that arisu is capable of handling himself whereas now he she's legitimately looking after a child and that kind of forces her to change this perspective on life whereas like when she was partnering with arisu it's like okay like I'll play the games, but like you clearly are good at these. Whereas now she's partnering with a child who she needs to protect and has a reason to protect. So definitely gives her. I after these episodes, I will admit stock back up for Usagi for sure. Oh fuck yeah! Um, but so the last character bucket before we just wrap up this episode is Anne. Anne is still just wandering around by herself. She's in the woods when her compass starts to act weird. And she then she continues. She starts to mark her path, which at first I took as like she was letting someone know that she was being like or to let people behind her know where she was going. But I think that was more for directional purposes. Um, Yeah. And so she's she's continuing to wander when she reaches a mountain range, which is wild and says, this isn't the world I know. I personally thought of it as like we're getting close to the game, like out of bounds area. Like when we're playing Apex, you have the out of bounds area. When you play Warzone, there's the out of bounds. Like I just wonder if she were to choose to go down those mountains, would she get killed? Is that actually still part of the game? So it was pretty cool seeing now this is not just like we're not just in Tokyo anymore. Like there's Tokyo and then outside of Tokyo is completely different than what we know. Yeah, it's interesting because I guess you could. Like, there's not really a limit. She could go and hike all those mountains, but she needs to go back in time and win a game before her visa expires. So she's like, she's like kind of on a timer. So Um, that maybe makes it an out of bounds in the sense that, like, if there's nothing out there, there's no reason for you to explore, kind of. Yeah, your visa definitely limits you. Mm -hmm. And also, you know how we were questioning all those towns or like, is this Tokyo now? Like, where are they? It's just, um, the like how Annie mentioned in that film how the vegetation is growing at an exponential rate. That's just what's happening. It's just taking over pieces of Tokyo. Like, do you think the mountains maybe like two years ago? Like, if someone had walked in Anne's exact spot two years ago, do you think mountains wouldn't have been there? Like, do you think mountains are also part of the the vegetation overrun? I think that the mountains were likely there. I think how how wild it might be like the nature and stuff because if it's that close to tokyo that means people tour it and like do trails and there's probably like lodges where you can hike and shit like that what she saw was like straight up jungle yeah it's so confusing right because 
by all those mountains being there, it seems like they just got a copy or they took the Tokyo up and placed it in this mountain range. Yeah. But then later on you get Kuina who goes back to the hospital bed and sees the same pictures and everything. So it's, Mm -hmm. I like, I'm so back and forth with what's going on with everything they're giving. Well, I don't think that that's like anywhere like right outside of Tokyo looks like where Anne was at. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to, my only response would be what the queen of spades says is you'll find out once you beat everything pretty much like stupid. (laughs) Yeah, it sucks. But (laughs) to wrap up this episode, Usagi and the kid enter the queen of spades game. And of course, Arisu knew that Usagi was going to be there um, just based on the fact that he knew, I guess her visa was running out and as well as she would want to do a physical game versus any of the other ones. And we do also see early on that people are very willing to turn against the child uh, if they need to, in order to survive. And so we do the game starts and we do see that the queen is a female. So still to stick into the, you know, king is a male. Jack is a male. Queen is a female kind of. And system. they do they do refer to the king as he and stuff like that when they're talking about him. Agony, at least. So, like, again, you think that if it's it goes with the gender, but I would not be surprised at all if the king of spades takes off the mask and it's. Like Mira or something. I feel like they're like just leading us like subconsciously, like, okay, we're putting it in this in your mind that the king is a guy and the queen's a girl, and then at some point they're just gonna flip the script on us. I agree with all of it, like all of what we've been saying the past couple episodes. Um, but yeah, to just kind of skip over everything pretty much in this ep- the rest of the, the game, uh immediately the red team or the citizen team goes up. 17 to 3 so the three on the challengers team being uh usagi adusu and the kids those are the only three that are left and we also learned that players are more willing to join the queen's side in order to survive because they can just play in her game over and over again in which she just wins so they're just going to live their lives just playing this one game uh but they're surviving so that that sounds good to them and they yeah are i'm still i'm a little confused about that only because like she starts this game with four people she could not have possibly won the last game with four people. So where did the other people that were on her team go? I think they played. Well, oh, you're saying doesn't mean that there was like 20 people in the first round. It could have been like eight people. Could have been like seven people walked up. And like the first the time, uh, the, the last time the game was played. Yeah. And if that was the first time the game was ever played. I don't know if it was for I'm no, I'm just trying to theorize. Yeah. I think it just I, seemed odd to me that she was recruiting and got up to, you know, almost 19 people. But then she started the game with only four. And her whole line was then was like, you can stay on my team forever. So I'm thinking that they just like kind of they're just bench players. It's like, OK, here's four that come play. We win. There's the next four. You just keep cycling everyone's visas. Yeah. I mean, you can probably play that game right. multiple times in the day, too. And in reality, it literally doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I took dead. it as these players were literally just playing the game over and over. And as long as they didn't get picked as like the, the king in the game, they were good and they could just join the queen's team. But like the queen was the only citizen on their team, right? Like yeah. all on that page. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but yes, so 
episode six opens with Usagi defending Adisu. Uh, in the last episode, the queen had admitted to wanting Adisu on her side and just sends all the troops to go capture Adisu. And Usagi puts up a pretty good fight. Didn't didn't realize that she had some fight in her. I knew she was a good runner. She's a runner. She's a track star. This but... was fucking awesome, man. <laughs> like Usagi, good. Usagi literally jumps down in between Adisu and the queen to defend him. Beats her ass. Well, not really. It was kind of not really. Yeah. It was a draw, and she kind of gets her ass beat. But it, it was. <laughs> she was so badass, going everywhere, back and forth. Um, and I kind of like that the queen was just like, "I want him on my team. I don't want him to die." Because at any time they could have just ran up to the king, turned the king, who was the kid. No, and they just won. You could. Yeah, the you king could. can't be turned. That was one of the uh, reasons that you I, th- can't. I thought it was like if you turn the king, it's game over. But gotcha. no, you're probably that's right. and you were probably thinking the whole time, like, why is this kid just sitting here at the the start point the whole time? <laughs> yeah, really. yeah, I didn't really understand that, but okay. That makes why do we sense. why do we think that she wanted Arisu? Maybe she just saw the potential, like it's hot. Yeah, I was gonna say Akane admits to being Arisu being hot, so maybe she just wanted. I don't him. know. I, I'm st- I I'm thinking think, it's I'm, like I think I'm it was with Kyle. It's like. Why would she want Arisu? Because Arisu is clearly the antithesis to her. Like, what well, doesn't make sense yeah. that she'd want him? Well, now that I was also of- shocked that like he's not like the physical guy. Like he's the brains, but he couldn't have used any of those skills up until this point. I mean, it's obviously he's the main character, so he's going to survive this long. But like, we're- we've never seen that out of him. That like would make sense that he would be able to survive this game up until the last couple of people over all these other people. Now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like maybe. At the start of the game, like she had the cameras, she was watching everyone's interactions and she saw the interaction between Arisu, Usagi and the kid. And because she's just, I guess, like a little bit more on the evil side, she was like, I want to fuck up that like little love triangle there. So bring me the boy, you know, kind of thing. But she was definitely anti-Usagi. So, yeah, yeah, I think she was jealous. She she kept going to her hypocrite and like she was like I don't want fake ideals in my world so I think she was definitely jealous of Usagi. I took it as like she was getting not like marching orders but like like someone higher up than her was like in her ear of like we need that guy. Yeah, Mm, that's interesting. I could oh Arisu, I heard stories of you. Okay, yeah, there's rumors going around. But she's pretty fucking evil to pick the kid because literally that's the one person that's like guaranteed to die. She's like, all right, I'm gonna pick this ten year old. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, you are you're not like you're not like the king of clubs at all who was just chilling and fucking yeah. Kuma, Kuma would have never picked a child. Well, he might have yeah. because he does value everyone's life very equally. So he's probably like, oh, kid, you're equal as the rest of us. You're the leader. <laughs> I will um, say, man, she was smoking hot, dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. He was yeah. like one of the hottest characters in the show so far. I think so. There's was, just attractive women everywhere in the show. Dude, but she was she was up there. I think <laughs> oh, she yeah. was the hottest, maybe. The fighting definitely always notches, notches you up a, a few ranks, too, for sure. So Usagi goes on the counter. And we do see when it's the challenger's turn, she does manage to capture three people from uh the queen's side and she goes into this deep speech about wanting to go home even if that place sucks it'll just be worth it to go because that world at least shows kindness um you're actually kind of free there and you won't have to turn against one another that's the gist of it it was a lot better presented from her mouth rather than mine but i thought it was a really good speech and again this was probably the moment for me where i was like okay usagi stock back up i'm glad we didn't have her being this like conflicting character for the entire season at the very end she kind of has this realization that i want to be with the team it was it was a quick turnaround for it so i didn't 
I guess I looking back, I didn't mind it as much happening and when it did. I think that it was one of her best moments. I mean, yeah. we've she's always had a strong presence. Obviously, she's very capable. This is like the first instance of her standing her ground and influencing others. I thought it was a pretty powerful and impactful moment. Was it like is it all because of the kid? Yeah, no, I think it's I think I mean, it's, the kid it's almost is, like a direct one eighty for her in in what two episodes. So you're you're clearly frustrated you're 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 annoyed by this uh No, I'm not necessarily annoyed, but I think I me and Audi still almost have the same reaction of like what? Like where <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? It just has to I be think the it's kid. A catalyst. Also she spent a little bit of time by herself. We don't it's not really clear how many days she was apart from Arisu. You know what I mean? It's gotta yeah. be a couple days at least. You know what I'm saying? That's a lot of time to reflect. And and I don't think the kid is the only reason, but it's it was the first domino, and then she's fighting in this game, and she doesn't want to be part of the queen side because she knows what the queen and everything Borderland stands for is not what she stands for, you know. And she just wants to, and she wants to the other people to open their eyes too, and they did. Yeah, I think the main trigger for them is that one uh, biker helmet guy who was sitting in the corner on on the queen's team. Still, he just rolls out and he's like. Yeah, I'd like to go home. And then that kind of everyone else is like, you know what? You're kind of right. I want to go home too. And so after that interaction, the challenger team just quickly swings things back in their favor. So much in their favor that they're actually able to save 19 out of the 20 people and just kill the queen, which was like, yeah, some people should yeah. have stayed with the queen. I think like some people should have still been like, oh, queen ride or die. Like we'll have faith in her. But I don't it, it was just it was whatever game it was like the usagi turnaround story game like let's give her a reason to yeah to you know have a purpose now i love the visuals the visuals oh, yeah. are sick of like yeah, how it zoom like, out and we'd seen like yeah. the whole you know site and everyone's running and all the the colors are flying yeah, around it was pretty cool that stuff was all very cool yeah it was just like annoying in a sense like it, it should have just been like six 11, rounds nine. eight rounds Instead yeah. of going up to what round fourteen or fifteen, where like there was at least eight rounds of the challenger where they did nothing, they talked, and then the time <laughs> ran out on them, and it was like, okay, like come on now. Yeah, in hindsight too, if I was a participant, you know that you're you kind of have an inkling now that you have to get all the face cards, you have to win to like advance the next level of whatever country or whatever you want to call it, you know, the next level of what it is. They should have won in the first round. They should have just let each other get tagged on the blue team, and then boom, it's done. But like, like they'd all be on the queen's team. You mean? No, like they should have all just immediately allowed themselves to get tagged by the challengers, and then the game would have been over in freaking ten minutes. You're right, but again, those people, some of those people are with the queen. Well, and yeah, like, three we, of them were. We have, three of them were team queen. They were like, she has never lost a game. Like there was just their faith in so, her was too much. Were they citizens then too? The the three that were. I took it as no. We yeah, we think no, but it's not clear. I mean, but like Kuma's bandmates were they not citizens? They, they were citizens. So these probably were. I think they probably they might have been. I don't so know. So they just saved citizens then. Yeah. So I th- I don't. That's why I don't think they were citizens. I think the four the only citizen in that game was the queen. Yeah, that just doesn't feel very consistent. Just when was the idea brought up that if you stay on the queen side, you live? It was when one of the one of existing team members said it to the challengers right yeah i think they just meant they can participate in the game as a challenger over and over but they'll lose but they won't die because they'll be on the other team over and over yeah like they will literally just be playing this one game like yeah yeah 
That sucks. That sounds like torture. I mean, yeah, and that's what that's how Usagi kind of gets them to crack. Um, but of course, at the end, uh, so we have the queen losing, and Adisu, as always, has to press about what happens after the games uh, get beat. But of course, again, we get another vague response out of the queen, who just says, "You'll have to wait and find out." and goes out like a complete badass I oh think. first ballot hall of fame death <laughs> just, just unbelievable kuma i thought he did it nick the best you could almost ever do it in episode i guess what three no i was i was so unbelievably naive this was amazing i said to dave i'm like if i was her i would just fucking jump and then she was like i'm going out on my own terms she's like a full gainer too yeah, she like does dude. like a, a like it was great it was so You're good it was gainer, grandpa <laughs> it was awesome it was so good um, but yeah, clearly the knowledge of not knowing what happens uh, after the games are beat is just clearly just eating it at Adisu. He really wants to know. And then they, the two, they beat the game. I'm actually now thinking about this. What happens to the kid? Like, so they he beat... went back with the girl. Oh, okay. So the kid goes back with the girl. And then so now Adisu and Usagi are uh, walking around together and they stumble up across the stadium that Akane had played her game in and they find some pools of water that are heated perfectly for a bath. Adusu suggests they go in together, but Usagi's like, nah, separate. And I was like, come on, like this is the moment. And it is the moment. So yeah. Usagi Usagi screams. Adisu comes around the corner and we see uh, a group of elephants, a herd of elephants, I guess is what they're called. Um, I really didn't have much to take away from this besides like this is the Besides all the bunnies and things, like we got the jaguar in season one, and now we're getting elephants. Like the size of the creatures, coincidentally, is going up. I don't know if that has anything to do with how much vegetation there was around them, but open to theories, I guess. Open to talks before we get into the kiss. It's just like just about the elephants. Yeah. Like, do we have any thoughts on like where they came from? I think some of us were talking about them coming from a zoo, but then I was like, who the fuck's visiting a zoo in Usagi says that. Oh, is that what she, well, if, I was if like, it is if it's like a direct representation of Tokyo, it would make sense, I guess, that yeah. the animals maybe also get replicated here. Personally, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I don't know. There was I mean, a jaguar or a tiger or whatever before, too. I, like I think the, the animal aspect is fine. I just think it would be ridiculous that if there was a zoo, why would it even have animals in it if it's in Borderland? Like what that doesn't do anything for anyone. It doesn't help with games. Maybe it does because it throws a turn in with like if you run across a jaguar then you're fucked but yeah, yeah. but i mean other than that like what like where would they have come from that's what i'm i don't no think idea. in the ecosystem of japan like J- el- elephants exist i don't think they do <laughs> i don't think they yeah they'd be able to survive <laughs> yeah, yeah so I, obviously it's it's something wonky is going on there but yeah and so they're take the elephants are taking baths adisu and usagi are taking a bath and things get so spicy we get the fucking kiss finally. It only took a season and a half, but that was a spicy kiss that got completely ruined by a dead body. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I thought that was going to happen earlier because I thought there was going to be bodies in the water. Like I thought they were going to oh. touch one. I literally like when they hopped in the pools, I was like, all right, Odyssey's is going to get scared shitless when he yeah, just sees yeah. a pool of dead bodies. Down there. <laughs> yeah, I was a little greedy leading up to this. I thought I thought there was a chance we were going to get like a full bang out of it. Oh, now, I, now that's what I'm looking forward for to. Now yeah. that's the next thing to look forward to is that's the bang true. scene. Well, I said they last episode that Not my like my recipe for like a perfect a single or like group of episodes of Alice in Borderlands, since we're doing them in doubles, include like the only thing that the last two episodes were missing was this kiss and Adisu and his stuck a kiss. <laughs> so yeah, we finally got it. Which, which is why these two episodes were great. 
not yeah, just. I'm, and we also get the Chishia game, so we'll get. Yeah. We're almost there. Um, Should have been like their 18th kiss, but we'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. So as we said earlier, Queena in the meantime has visited her uh her her place. Um, we do see the the picture, which again begs the question of like how do they possibly have these images like it's exact replica of the world that they knew it's just crazy to think about down to the every last detail Anne is still wandering and then kind of stumbles across a dead deer which reminds her of her former life as is it an emt is that what they're called no nah, she's she like was a, forensic, she was a investigator. forensic investigator sorry 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 yeah um yeah. which was cool i mean we didn't get much information there we already knew she was in forensic forensic uh, investigator, but she's investigating this dead body of a person who got murdered. Murdered, and Alki was like, "Oh, murdered, what, if it, what if it was uh, Banda that committed the murder in the real world?" It was like pretty cool theory. If it, like, all these all these little small pieces just kind of click at some point. Oh, I that's mean, definitely what I'm thinking now. It could have been going to be another connection. I think it's likely because the other forensic science was like some kind of fucking sicko would have had to do this, and I mean, this guy Banda is an absolute neurotic piece <laughs> of shit. So. I mean, like, I think he's a cool guy. I mean, he's a cool <laughs> anime. Yeah, he, he's a cool no, anime character, he's but he's not a not a cool guy that I would want to hang out. He's with. a sicko. He's yeah. weird. All right, let's get to the meat and potatoes, baby. Next, we head to the Supreme Court for the King of Diamonds game. We get some decently cool characters sitting around a circle, but just to to average out the level of coolness, of course, we have to bring in Shishia, and right away, all of us were thinking it. It's going to be a fucking banger of a game, and it absolutely was. Again, not going to cover the details of what the rules and everything were, but this was essentially a mathematical thinking game. And to go back to the big reveal, as we said at the beginning of the episode, the King of Diamonds is revealed to be Numbatsu from the And that was, it was so fucking cool when it's like Chishia, you you get to look at Chishia and you're just like, oh yeah, it's a Chishia game. And he's like talking to the king and he's like, oh, it's really you. Numbatsu, and then it, the camera panning to him just sitting with his arms crossed and just looking so menacing. I was so in. I knew right away this was it, and I, I was it lived up to the hype. Honestly, I I guess I'll take a little bit of time to pat myself on the back. So if you <laughs> if you listen to our season one coverage, you'll know that I was I was a rook on a series that we do rooks and vets where I was watching the show for the first time while everyone else was watching it for the second time or or more it doesn't really matter and so it was kind of everyone was looking at me to make predictions and guesses and such and i had guessed that number two was going to be the witch in that 10 of diamonds game 10 of hearts game Mm -hmm. and my reasoning was kind of spot on for him being the king of diamonds essentially and that like i knew he like knew way more than he let on it was obvious that he had kind of disappeared and we do find out throughout all these scenes, like he was talking to um, what Mira. Momoka, the dealer. Oh no, you are talking to the witch, Momoka. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. Well, yeah, and and also shout out to Momoka and Asahi because I said last episode that I forgot their names, and I wanted to just <laughs> just you know produce their names this time to show them the respect that they deserve. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I basically had said that he was my number one guest for that kind of stuff. I knew he was suspicious as fuck. It was I love this like little reveal. Thing that he is um the king of diamonds and i just laughed because i went to go re-listen to that episode and i literally said the words obviously he's a calculator and this whole <laughs> game is literally them using a calculator essentially so that, that just kind of made me laugh that's funny 
Yeah. Your 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 assumptions were dead on, Kyle. Maybe uh you're kind of like a Yaba. You can you're a people reader. You you got a good gauge. Yeah, because I'm definitely not the numbers guy because I was so bad at this game. <laughs> I tried to I tried to play along with I I played along with them. And I was terrible. Oh, the, I think the most interesting aspect of the game was the the multiplying the average by the point eight. If the game would have already been pretty hard, I feel like at first, if you just left the cumulative average of the group as is and then just let people kind of fight there. But they really threw that wrench in there with making a point eight. And you really see that later on as the rounds keep kind of going through and people are getting a little bit more pressed against the wall. I, I thought this was amazing. And of course, too, uh, you with such a great game, you have to have such brutal deaths. So um, quickly on the two guys that were we, at least I personally thought were going to be kind of relevant. They they seem to be pretty capable, at least to me at first. But the two guys quickly get eliminated and it was brutal. Just like the first guy getting like poured sulfuric acid on him, just like drop by drop. And then until the the, the full pot pours on him, he's like screaming and just shrill streaks and it was painful to watch man and it was honestly interesting too watching the uh the sulfuric acid pour and then just watching the skin come to blood become just bone yeah just, that was one of the worst deaths i think i think that was oh, the yeah. worst death we've seen insane yeah, yeah. Just and of so course unnecessary <laughs> I, yeah right like you already have a beam that can come down and kill you instantly why <laughs> why is uh number two king of diamonds making you suffer but I mean, the first guy really got fucked because he got like dripped on first mm-hmm. for way too long, and I'd be like, "Oh my god!" Like, just, just jump it on me. me. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like opening my mouth, like trying to die <laughs> as quick as possible, just so I don't have to deal with it anymore. Trying to catch the drops in your mouth as they come. Yeah, oh. yeah. like kill yeah, she, me. She got off so easy; it literally just one dump crushed her. Yeah, and I've, I mean, I guess because they're trying to build the suspense and the tension, but I, yeah, it was that was had to have been one of the worst ways we watched anyone die in the show. I'm trying to think about it. And really that's up there, especially if it's like, it's I feel like it's kind of fine if it's just all dumped on you. But the fact that it can potentially just drip on you just makes it worse. I think personally, did you guys try to play along? Yes. Early on. And like after the first round, I was like, I'm not built for this. I didn't even try after the the first round. Uh, Really? You didn't like write down guesses or anything. I didn't write down a guess, but in my head, I was, I think I was thinking around like 40. Ah, that's exactly what I I literally wrote down 40. And then I was like, okay, this chick's going to be a wild card. Like she'll be the dumb one. And then she literally guessed 40. And I was like, that's hilarious that I called her dumb. (laughs) And she literally guessed the exact number that I guessed. I, I, um, I had a little bit of trouble understanding why they kept going down to like as close to zero as you could. Because Because everybody, by multiplying it by 0.8, it's going to be lower than what you expect it to be. Yeah. Than expect it to be. So, but now after the first turn, everybody's guessing a little bit lower. And then they realized the lower you guess, the better chance you'll have of being so, close to that average. Because if you guess, 80%. there's no, legitimately no point in guessing. I keep forgetting like, the 80%. Yeah. There's no point in guessing anything like above, like, uh, uh, this is just me pulling math out of my head. This isn't me actually doing math, but like, there's no point in guessing, like, let's say 75 and above because average technically look, 80, but yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay. That, that's why I'm stupid. Yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> they, 80. They, you're right. They say it in the, you're right. But it. that's, that's the thing. But I, at the end of the day, this was just an incredible game to watch, especially just with the breakdown. Cause Shishia was getting himself backed up into a corner. Um, and 
this it really is a, a guessing game almost at this point, unless you're Trishia. Yeah. Um, but so we do get into the Numbatsu backstory a little bit. Turns out he used to be a lawyer that was true to his beliefs in the justice system, or at least in his own personal justice. But after uh, seeing the world for what it is, just um, money being the thing that makes the world go round, he began questioning his morals and his personal justice and the ability to value a life. Paul, did and- this remind you of anyone? Um, no. Who? It reminded me of a uh, Marshall Erickson. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get it. He's an environmental guy. He's trying to do it, but this guy turned the other cheek, and yeah. Marshall never did. It's true. That's it's funny. True. It just I literally was just thinking about Marshall. That's then- so funny. Right after this, we get um Chishia knocking out the girl, which I just wanted to mentioned just because i thought it was so cool how we visually get the pictures of all the 100 numbers zero or i guess it's 101 numbers with the zero and like he's like okay like people naturally just don't pick anything that like is a multiple of 10 we can eliminate all the prime numbers and like you see it physically him removing them and he's he narrows it down to two guesses and he just goes with his heart again like he did in the in the first game and he does manage to get the girl out which i just wanted to bring up because he is so fucking cool when they were doing that breakdown they got to 69 and they took it away and he says you know easy associations Mm -hmm. so he didn't actually say like sex positions because that's not as cool but he he was saying uh easy associations which i guess is true like oh yeah i mean if you see 69 you're not gonna pick it because everybody's gonna think you're a 13 year old (laughs) kid also 69 is a common number i guess to pick right He absolutely dunked on her. Oh, it was, it was crazy. He just, he just, he just whipped his nuts out and just rubbed them on her face. It was so bad. You were cheating. You were cheating. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. He literally explains his insane thought process and he goes, I just got lucky, I guess, by like the 50 50 shot and like just destroys her. Her face but, was kind of funny when she's like, lucky. It's like, or whatever she says, like just kind of processing what he says and then the dunk. Yeah. Before she gets turned to mulch. Um, but she, she <laughs> literally said in the beginning of the game, like whether you're playing chess or checkers, you have to read your opponent and know what he does and who he is and what they stand for. So right away, he did that to the girl, knew she was going to pick higher and like with all the stuff. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, with going against the king, he knew he literally won because he read who the king was, why he chose this game why like what he stood for and his past he, he was getting as much information out of him he could to literally put him on the spot and him actually learning oh i get it you pick this game because you don't want to kill anybody you want it to be their own fault or, or randomness like you don't want to actually sentence anybody to death and him actually figuring that out is a hundred percent the reason why he won i can just gush over Chishia for just hours. Like if we wanted to just make this a Chishia podcast, like I'm just totally in with just only covering his outcomes for the rest yeah. of the, the series. We'd have to have a whole episode on how bad the how bad the wig is, though. We have to slide in that. Yeah. Because the, the wig I, is I love pretty the hair. bad. I love <laughs> yeah, the like, hair. To me, it's like endearing at this point, but it's a really bad wig. Yeah, it's not so, the best. Uh, I gotta ask the question now that we got the backstory of him being a doctor, does that dip into your theory that he's involved? in borderland at all or do you think he's just a returning player i mean of course anytime we get a back a backstory 
like that, it's going to feel like it disqualifies anyone almost from like... But what if he experiences that and he's like, I need to create a world in which people just get fucked. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we, we get like... Like we've gotten the all of the the citizens backstories, so the backstory doesn't like completely disqualify you. But I would say, I mean, it definitely definitely takes like a big hit on it. I mean, deter, it deters me from your theory a little bit, Kyle. Also, deters me from my own theory that like pieces of no, excuse me, misfits, outcasts get um, f- zoomed into this place because I mean, he was he's like one of the most res- you could be one of the most respectable jobs you could have is what he did mm-hmm. and i get it it was like the organ donor and all that but it's not like he was doing it he he was his hands were tied you know he he didn't he didn't enjoy he didn't want it. To do it yeah he didn't yeah want he to didn't do it like it. that's what the nazi guards said alki but also I, it just makes me like i've 100 thought he was younger than this oh when we when we're getting into the reveal that it's his backstory i'm like like I'm clapping my hands. I'm like, all right, let's get into it. And I see the the coat, and I'm like, I literally thought Shasia was maybe like 18 years old. <laughs> like, oh, okay. I thought well, that I thought, was I him. older than that, but I thought that was Chisha in the bed, Me as too. sick as the kid. Yeah, and that's then, what I thought. And then it turns out he's like Doogie Hauser, like child prodigy, like <laughs> doctor. Seriously, which he could it just makes just him so much doctor. cooler. Just makes him so much cooler. Yeah, right? he is cool. He's so knowledgeable. He's got layers like ogres, and him turning like onions. <laughs> him turning that fucking pad around to show that he was actually picking 100 in the final round. I was like, you are just so cool, man. He's not giving him an option. Like, you, you know, number two could say, okay, maybe he's staying this and lying. So maybe I can justify picking this number by picking it up and showing it to him. He's like, all right, it doesn't leave me a choice. I have to. You know, kill myself. I won't. I won't sentence. I won't value my life above yours because I can't possibly value the, a life. And it, it really, it took me a second to actually appreciate how genius this was. I thought Chishi got lucky, but he breaks him down, and he's he's so just chill and nonchalant that it just. It, how can you not love this man? It's ironic that the the king of diamonds uh, didn't want to have to pick anyone to die but he was actually like almost grateful in the moment that he did get to pick that Shishia was going to be the one to live over him um i just thought that was a pretty interesting twist on it because like you had said paul like Shishia at the end the last two three rounds just forces his ants he shows uh the king of diamonds his his card for the next three rounds so it forces the king to have to choose do i kill myself or do i kill him and like i had said the king chooses to save Chisia and kill himself, to which he's actually grateful for because he was actually able to make a free choice of his own volition. And so that granted him that moment of freedom that he was so desperately looking for, I guess, um, in these games. I just feel like this, I don't know, this almost like gave me more questions than anything else of like, like when, what point in time did he become the king of diamonds it definitely he wasn't the king of diamonds at beach like he no, probably, yeah, he i think he was he was 100 he, he, he was but because like at what point end, in time at beach he was I already think he was the whole time because he said i want to go back and i wanted to experience it like he was trying and all that the whole flashback when he's like this is because of my ideals that people but, telling him but my him ideals and, my ideals he was realizing like but him and mira have that conversation afterwards and he's like she says now we get to create our own games 
So it's probably I, his first time being the king of spades in this phase. Like he I probably think, played through it before, which we already saw, like him running and the one kid helping him, saying like some kid helped save me last right. game, so I'm going to save you this game. Yeah. He so he played all the way through. Point. Yeah, he was definitely he a, was player. a player in that I'm, part of the flashback. What, yeah, what I'm thinking is that him and Momoka were in, on the same tier. They weren't king. They weren't face cards of anything. They were just what did they call them? What did they call Momoka? Dealer. Dealer. Dealers. Nah. They were dealers. And then because he had passed and killed so many people, they were like, "All right, you're promoted. Like if you do this correctly, you now become the king of diamonds and you get your game." I don't know because you said that Mirror said it's our turn to create games. I don't think she said that. I think all she, she said it's like. Now it's our turn to create games. She literally says, and he's like, I'm going to create a game that's fair and just for everyone. Mm. Well, that, so that, I, that's the I other don't part think, that's confusing. I think he was a dealer me, personally, but that's just like, me. Why? Like, I guess maybe there's, you can't like deny the promotion, but like, what is the whole point of him becoming the king of diamonds? He seems way more we'll thought get, out than just like doing it to enjoy it. But like, you think we're ever going to get that explained? He's dead. Uh, probably because he didn't want to die, and he figured the best chance of living was just being part of it. Yeah, I guess. And I think we're overthinking it. Making a, making a I fair mean, game. We need to get the fucking reveal. I mean, this is totally worth it to think about. He made yeah. the choice to become a citizen and then creates a game himself. Like that's that's so, like, a mystery for us. I feel like there's not going to be an option to go home because, like, why wouldn't all these people go back? I mean, they all say that world was well, tainted. They're like, there's no kindness in that world or whatever. So, yeah, there's no really fairness. There's no fairness in the justice system out there, so I'm going to offer people a fair way to, I guess, die in this world a yeah. little bit. We're also assuming that you can choose to be a citizen. Maybe that's just like you've got no choice. Like you're a citizen now. Yeah. Yeah. Also, that's also he true. Maybe, maybe he picked. I don't know if you could pick, but clearly he's a calculated guy. He is. He's constantly thinking. He's intuitive. Isn't the diamond games like the mind intelligence mm-hmm. games? You know, yep. they're like brain exercises. So it makes sense why he was the king of diamonds in that aspect. Right. Yeah. I mean, I just it was just weird to me of like he was the king of diamonds in my mind in episode eight of season one, like during the witch game. Like Mocha says to him, your games and rules don't get to kill me. Yeah, I agree with you, Kyle. To I who? think that he I don't, was. I did, I took, she well. says that to him. She says it to him, but I didn't take it as uh, like about him. You know what I mean? Like I thought she was talking more about the the like the general peop- government body that is overseeing all of this is what she was referring. True, to. but uh, she I I think that she was saying you and everybody on your level don't tell me what I get to do, and he would fall under that umbrella. Yeah, I guess and we which, won't know I mean, until they beat the games. <laughs> it's just such a. I just couldn't imagine being like as a viewer. I just want to know all the answers, and Odyssey has to be the one to fight all these games just to get the answers. You know? Yeah. I, think, Wait, I, I, get- I don't know. I'm like they just keep like opening more doors and giving us nothing of substance. I don't think we're gonna get. Unfortunately, I'm not feeling that we're gonna get a lot of answers to like some of these questions, like what space and suit do you get to be, or like anything like that. I don't. I don't. I'm pessimistic in that aspect. I don't think we're gonna actually see that decision making process i would agree unfold which sucks but it is what it is like we're I gonna see that I, yeah i could see that i think that they're gonna get to like the citizen level whatever they're gonna beat the face cards because it's inevitable and then after that they're gonna like tear it down from there they're not gonna have an opportunity to be game leaders 
Yeah, I would agree. I don't think they would ever want to be. Yeah. They, as in, obviously, we're talking about exactly. Team so in that in that aspect, they're just gonna say fuck all this shit. We're gonna tear you down, and then that's how the final arc will be. You know, mm-hmm. just just no answers. We just have nothing to work with here at all. We'll get some answers. We're just gonna have to make some inferences as well, which sucks. But you know, I feel like we got to get something in these last two here, right? Yeah, I mean, we got two episodes left, and we've done nothing but ask more questions. Yeah, my literal last note is like I don't know what to expect of these last two episodes because after Chishia walks out of the King of Diamonds and winning, um, it's just like a like that kind of like cheesy season ending vibe where it's like we get shots of like all of our characters doing their own thing, and then it's like Adusu and Usagi like looking out over the city kind of thing, and it, it ends the the episode. So I really have no idea. Like, are, is the King of Spades even going to be? The King of Spades has to be dealt with, right? In these next this next recording, you think we're going to get that done? Well, I was going to ask if do you think the face cards are going to be done by the end of this no. uh, season? Definitely or not. I don't know. I would actually. be shocked. I feel like. I feel like it's a chance. I mean, there's got to be other people doing stuff. Yeah, we already were introduced seen... to Yaba and uh, Bunda, and like they're two high caliber players. You got to assume there's at least a few more of them able to take down games. I mean. We saw Arisu walk past a face card game getting taken down. Kawina beat one. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I guess yeah, we're probably we're we're probably halfway through the games. If I had to guess, we're, we've pro- they've probably conquered six or seven ish games. If I had to guess, and I, yeah, I predict a- that it's going to end the like the last episode or towards the last episode. It's going to end with them reuniting as a group, like us, you know, quote unquote, mm-hmm. Annie, etc. And and excuse me, and and then it's gonna be like, all right, let's, <laughs> yeah, let's. Uh, I think you said that earlier too. I just let's didn't lock arms, and I don't even know where I'm getting that from. But <laughs> let's lock arms and um, you know, make love, tackle the final obstacle. Ooh, look, I have I have the mirror quote. It's at last, it's our turn. There you go. See, I was right. Yeah, and so, he says yeah. he says I- I'm gonna make a game that's fair. But I, that's, I wrote it down because I thought it was so funny that he says, I want to, like, he wants to make a game that's fair. Why is the acid necessary? Because he's also, yeah. he's also, like, doing that to himself. Like, he's insane. Why would he ever make a possibility the that that's question. the way that he would die? <laughs> he's just a psychopath in that sense, which is wild. And also, this, the Chishia quote at the end after he wins, I'm pretty sure Chishia says this to him. Yeah. When he says, You quit while you were ahead. I gave you that choice. I'm so jealous of you. I was going to ask what you guys think of that because is he saying he doesn't have that choice he doesn't have the the ability to escape this game but like i understand where he's coming from in the sense that he gave chishia gave number two that choice because he said what number he was picking so he said you get to choose who live or dies he gets to escape is that what she's saying like you lucky bastard like you got to get out of this and i still have to play this game I took it more as like he was envious of the, that he was a, he had the ability to make an actual decision, but I might have not looked too much into it. I guess it was just weird to me because I mean I guess like really like, like we hadn't could, seen that like, side. She of has to could quit right now if you wanted to. Yeah, yeah. it could play I, into your theory, Kyle, that he yeah, knows maybe more. He can't, maybe he literally can't quit. Yeah, maybe he literally can't quit. Maybe he's like, who knows? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, maybe we'll see. God, did you like say aliens NPC. earlier? 
I did say aliens. Earlier. Aliens, yeah. He's an alien, and this is their <laughs> coming of age yeah. like story. That's why he has a bad wig. Things. He's like in a human body that he doesn't understand. Yeah, mm-hmm. Men in Black style. Yeah. And another thing too was it seemed like Number Two and Shishia have like a certain level of respect for each other, especially with Number Two towards Shishia. And it seems like why wouldn't he? Shishia doesn't ask because he's a fucking cocksmack. But like, why didn't he give him any more answers about the world? Like the only thing I'm thinking was that like maybe obviously the other people do it for selfish reasons. Like the queen of of what spades 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 was spades. never going to give up the information because she thought too highly of herself. But like mm-hmm. Kiyuma maybe didn't want to give like paint this huge target on Iris's back by like the higher ups, whoever we want to call them, wherever they are, knowing that Arisu knows some things he shouldn't know, and then maybe number two the same thing for Chasia that like. I can give you the information and you'll have it if you want it, but like, it's going to be worse. You're going to be worse off now that I told you, because you're going to have a huge target on your back, which also leads more into the queen of spades wanting Arisu on his team. And it's my theory of like, it's more than just for the game. Like she, they want Arisu. Someone wants Arisu. Maybe. Yeah. I feel like somebody definitely wants Arisu as like a citizen. Like they're thinking like, fuck this dude is so smart. He could like make the best games and be one of the best rulers. Um, and also, I guess going back to King of Spades, Dave, in the beginning, like maybe he didn't want to kill Irisu. Maybe he was going to capture him. That would be interesting. That would yeah. definitely explain why he didn't fire right away. That would be yeah. That'd be a good twist, actually. Now that you mentioned, I feel like that would make a lot more sense to me. I have a question. I have a question. At the end of the jail game, did Chishia ask the Jack of Hearts any questions, or was it the other characters? Didn't seem like they, they did. They yeah, interrogated they, him. They were going to cut him up, and then the Jack said the wrong suit, and a laser came down and killed him. And they were like, yeah. "Oh damn!" Like he gave up before he could have any fun. So right. that being said, I would assume that the any of the face cards, like the Queen or even Number Two, the King of Diamonds, right here would get lasered if he actually did say anything like mocha when she goes i'm a dealer not mocha but mocha's friend when she goes i'm a dealer and then gets lasered immediately down maybe True. if they say anything like oh like when you beat the game blah 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 laser comes down and kills but him. then there's no point in not withholding that information if like we've seen you're it every die. game yeah if you're gonna die in those two minutes that we see every after every game where a uh, one of the citizens can give a speech. There's definitely enough time for them to be like, blah, 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 here's all I the agree. information you need. And yeah. then leave. But that spoils the fun, right? I mean, I mean they want, yes, they, yes. they want them to have fun. Right? At the end of the day, it spoils the fun. You're absolutely yeah. right. But, but that's think, not like, my, I don't sorry. think number two thinks like that. I don't think Chasia would even like bother asking anybody. I think he knows too well that he just, his expectations to get any information out of these people is so low. There's just no point in asking. He just is the patient kind of guy that would just wait till the end to get his answers. I think you guys are right in these things, but that's not really my question. My question or really just my point is like, I'm pointing out that I don't think Chisha asked the Jack of hearts, any questions. Irisu has every single chance he has, has been able to right? He also mm-hmm. didn't ask the number two, any questions, you know, I think maybe I'm reading into Kyle's theory too much about how he's involved somehow. Maybe he's not asking because he knows. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe I would be okay with that. Yeah. I would say, yeah, the, the combo, the two things, obviously, I have the, the idea that you see is on the take, he's on the inside, whatever. And then also the idea that, like, the entire purpose of all this is to find, like, a singular person 
like almost like a tournament of sorts of like finding one particular person for whatever goddamn reason to freeze their sperm and egg or eggs for the future maybe. so they could just only have people like that person <laughs> maybe yeah, maybe yeah. but i mean we'll just we'll see what happens whatever I, I do I do I don't know I I agree with you Aki I think that points more like that points towards the idea that maybe he's in on some things but also the backstory makes me question it because true it was too it was too normal of a backstory yeah I just like somebody like him how can you not ask questions don't you want to know or is he trying to ch- make it as hard for it for himself as possible like does he love the challenge that much i personally think it's the second reason i mean obviously i I, obviously i think i i'm still honestly on a little on board with kyle's theory of just she is in on it like and everything we've said definitely accumulates to that reasoning for me but i still just especially with the backstory i still just think that Shasia just he's just not the kind of guy to ask those questions because he just knows he's gonna get the answers when he wins kind of like I mean, maybe com- he already, it's his confidence kind of maybe he already knows the answers and that's why he's not asking because he's already played the game before so he's just going through this again well i mean him not asking because he wants a challenge definitely fits into his like makeup yeah for sure you know? i mean that's true you know so yeah. uh, whatever we're this is like the fun, this is the fun of it you're trying to analyze every fucking thing so. and he hasn't really met his match which again kind of ties into him being on the the inside of it like he, this is all set up for him to look for his match or something but this has yeah. definitely been the hardest game for him though so far i think oh yeah probably definitely yeah i mean he literally put it in someone else's hands i feel like he never ends up doing that yeah definitely yeah i just i don't know the burning question is obviously just how do these people become citizens like like we've understood essentially that they were former players but like did they ever get to a point where they also battled citizens like did they just replace old citizens when they became citizens i think like, those if, kind if this, of this is the first time the face card stuff has ever happened like i think those kind of answers will definitely get by the end mm-hmm. but just right now i'd I can't answer that. Yeah. I know because, no like, I, like again, the, the dealers. Like, we the last time we saw them all, the dealers, and we were calling them the suits last season. The people that were betting on the stuff, like, they all got wiped out. Like, do they all get wiped out every time we move to a face card round? I mean, I, again, well, again, they fucked up. We though. don't know, but they fucked up. Though this is the reason why they died because information got leaked. That was like the only reason why they died. Are you talking about the dealers in the like the, the, the dealers in suits? Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. time will tell. When we're done this series, or when we're done this season, we're not we going to have any answer. <laughs> we should look yeah. up. We should look up how many chapters. I'm sure one of those like fandom sites. I tried. I, I will tried post like how many chapters. Has on Reddit. Seasons one and two covered of Alison Borderland. Literally, my Google question is how many volumes was the first season of Alison Borderland? But I haven't been confident. Like I can't just like I'm not yeah. trying to just, just randomly yeah, click. You should honestly just write Reddit on the end of that in Google. Okay. I'll do that afterwards yeah, and then we'll I'm give you sure. guys we'll give yeah. the answers to the listeners as well unlike this show because they're not <laughs> yeah. going to give us anything in the next well who knows but the last thing too I just after re-listening to our some of our season one stuff of I completely forgot that there's chips in people like they're they're constantly well I guess that they're, makes like sense they have chips inside of them. I mean it makes sense because like how does the laser locate them and stuff but like and that is the, another thing like are they and they've been, bodies and they've been like, mentioning the king of spades like I guess he's also a very good tracker but like they make it sound like he can pinpoint their location too so maybe true. he has like chip locators either way that's going to be it for our coverage of episodes five and six five and six not six 
Be sure to listen and hang around for our episodes seven and eight coverage. That is going to be uh, the expectations are still very high for the show, and I do very much expect the show to to land the ending, even if a lot of questions are still unanswered. That's going to be it for us today, guys. If you like what you heard, be sure to give Bingetown TV a follow on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Patreon. Be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts from. We've got a lot of great shows coming out. Uh, we've got the Arcane Pitchtown uh, that we're we're maneuvering through as well. We've got the Yellow Jackets coming out in January. A lot of uh, cool interviews and side content coming out for you guys as well. So be sure to give that all a listen. Once again, this is Bingetown TV. And thanks for listening. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.